This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. The Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Catherine Eicher. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. My guest is friend, comedian, uh, regular on this show, lover so much. It's Lauren Mitchell. Hello, so happy to be back. Oh my oh gosh. My- I invited you just in time for what is otherwise the therapy episode <laughs> of the season. I'm ready. I, I mean, need it. <laughs> who knew, right? Who <laughs> knew a week ago that this is where we would be at? But here we are. I mean, usually I do NBA first and then Raptors. But this week has just been a whirlwind. And I have so much to say that I've decided we're flipping the script and I'm doing Raptors first. So, you know, we got to talk about this game three that happened last night. And uh, I was at the game. And I have a lot to say <laughs> about being at the game. Uh, I messaged Lauren being like, I'm going to do a rant about the crowd first before we even talk about basketball. I have more notes on the my rant about the crowd <laughs> than I do about any other basketball. This is so wild. I mean, I promise you have to... to- you have to direct your frustration somewhere, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I promise that, like, the whole episode will not just be this, but I just need to get this, like, done and over with. So, I mean, first of all, I just felt for a game three, you know, something that's so important, we're down 0-2, the, the audience at Scotiabank Arena just did not bring it. And uh, they really didn't bring it. I mean, yes, they were loud, but it was not. No, like in my mind, there is there's playoff etiquette. Okay, this is what I'm calling it. I'm calling it playoff etiquette. And I feel like as an audience member, you got to treat the playoffs differently. It's like, first of all, you have to get to your seat. All these people who are late for the game, who are late after halftime, it's like, the start of the third quarter, the lower bowl of the arena is like dead. It's like, where is everybody? I hate like, I could have those seats. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, look, regular season is one thing, but like playoffs, you got to be there. You, you like, you just, you have to be there. It's like unacceptable. Um, so that was like the first thing that bothered me. The second thing that bothered me were the free shirts. Now it's a nice shirt. I'm not saying it's not a nice shirt, but you need that bright color to have that opposing presence in the arena. Like it needs to be like a bright red or a white or even like a brighter purple. You know what I mean? So you have that visual swarming, like intimidating presence for your opponent. And we didn't have that. And most of the people who were there weren't even wearing the free shirt. And it's like, that is the whole point of it. 
Well, to be fair to me personally, they give out a large. Like, what am I supposed to squeeze my ginormous, beautiful tits into that? I don't think so. <laughs> this one was an extra large. It was a long sleeve, which is like nice, but also I didn't plan for that. So I was already mm -hmm. wearing a long sleeve shirt. And then I was like, I was wearing two long sleeve shirts and then I was hot. Yeah. Um, it really fit snug in my waist and hips but so much shoulder room like i could have fit like three layers of shoulder pads in there so it was not the best fit i agree all those shirts should be at least a 2xl because who cares yeah, right. if it's baggy on you right what are you a child Where's yeah <laughs> yeah like turn you know it's it's your new pjs or whatever after that give or, yourself a crop top like yeah give yourself a crop top put it on buns you know how it is but no one was wearing the shirts and it was like, are we new? Like, stop acting new. Like, you know what those shirts are for. You know why they're there. And nobody committed to it. And it was just like, it was just dumb. Like, I just, it really, really bothered me. Again, the shirt, the black and gold, I don't think would have created that intimidating presence like a white or a red or a purple would. Like, it almost yeah. makes it look washed out. So, again, it's not the best choice, but still, like, as a fan base, I felt like we could have tried harder, and yeah. we weren't there. We were not – we weren't there. Um, okay, we're getting into – also, like, okay, when you get to your seat, you got to stay in your seat. This is another thing I need to just add to that point. You need to go to the washroom fine, but that's the only reason you leave. In the playoffs, that's the only reason you leave. You want you want another drink, you want snacks, you can order it on your phone. It doesn't matter where you're sitting in the arena, you can order it on your phone. Yes, on the Raptors app, there is a tab called Arena. And then you go to Arena and you select your seat. You could even buy a drink for somebody else in the arena. Wow. So once the game starts, you go to Arena, you select your seat, and then you go through the menu. You can get alcohol. You can get food. It's whatever. Now okay, they don't I'm learning something today. <laughs> yes. And, and so it's like, I don't understand why people keep getting up to buy food and drinks and you don't have to. Now they need to fix it because not every restaurant in the arena is on the app. Mm, yeah, I see. Well, so, they're like, all in different like, places. Like, I feel yeah, like, like really there's like a new, hard. yeah, like there's like a new roti place that's not on the app and a few other things. So they need to adjust that. But you get there before the game and you get those things. And then once the game starts, you want another beer, you want whatever, you order it from the app. You don't have to get up. Like just missing so many plays because people keep going back and forth. Oh, oh my God. I was like, I was livid. Anyway, there's that. Okay. Booing the refs. This crowd was booing the refs before the game started. Stop. Okay, let's not... Before the Guys. game started, <laughs> I don't know if people realize this. It's not the same refs every game. So the yeah. refs that you are booing aren't even the refs responsible for games one and two. It's not yeah, the same totally people. Different. Oh my God, just amateurs. And so we're booing the refs before the game even starts. I actually felt the first half of the game had a Raptors favorable whistle, if anything. Mm -hmm. And then I it's agree. like, there's one bad call and it's like, ref suck, ref suck. And it's like, that is a chant that needs to be earned. 
I'm not. I'm not against the chance. I, I personally to, love it, but yeah, it has like, to be like it has to be earned. Like it has to be really egregious. Like, like the the goaltending call on OG is like fairly subjective. Like I don't think that's like a ref suck kind of moment. Yeah, there was a a, a block slash steal that OG got. They called a foul on him, but it you see the replay and it's all ball. Fine. Yeah, But you don't just do it before the game starts or every time they make a call, even if it's a good call. Like now the chant, it's just like it's losing its meaning. It's losing its significance. And it's just like, it's really annoying. The last thing that really bothered me about the Raptors audience is the fact that we were, okay, that we were chanting fuck Embiid. Now I get Embiid has been frustrating, but hear me out. We were doing it when OG Ananobi was at the line. Yeah. Why? I mean, Do it when Joel Embiid is at the line. Yeah. Why? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like it just, the timing of it. I'm not saying you can't do that chant, but the timing mm. of it didn't make any sense. Like, honestly, it felt like half of the arena was attending their first ever basketball game and they'd never seen a playoff basketball game a day in their life. Like, half the people there were acting like they didn't know what they were doing and it was driving me crazy like <laughs> just oh my god i mean it is like i don't know sometimes i think i was at the what i'm gonna call the notorious goran dragic booing game <laughs> <laughs> um i was there with my friend arun shout out arun um and he was like you're always going to remember this because it's the game where we booed Gordon. <laughs> and he was like, and you can tell people you were at this game. And I was like, okay, man. Um, I was so like, funny. sports, sports guys are so weird. I was like, I'm never going to tell anyone about this. Like those are bragging rights. Yeah. Here I am telling you about the Goran Dragic booing game. But anyways, it's more so that I was like, why are we booing him? Like we asked him mutual, to leave. He was like, yeah, maybe I didn't want to play for Toronto. And then he didn't. And then everyone was happy. I was like, what? <laughs> Anyways, I didn't understand. But then, you know, you kind of get sucked into the spirit of it. <laughs> By like the fourth quarter, I was like, boo, boo, my sexy husband. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's like mob mentality kind of shit. And so maybe it's like one crowd was just like started screaming fuck Embiid and then everyone else just joined in but also like you know what controversial opinion I love Joel Embiid and it's not always the ref's fault that he's just good at basketball I don't know (laughs) yeah I mean the like the step on the foot of Scotty Barnes is obviously extremely frustrating I also don't think that he was like I'm gonna hurt this child it wasn't deliberate and I mean if we're being real like this team is just outplaying us you know 100%. as much as we want to blame the refs and this that and the other this team is outplaying us by a lot by a lot and i think it's just hard for people to accept that this is happening and it was just like like look again i just want to reiterate i'm not saying you can't go to a game and say fucking beat i'm saying you don't do it when og and ob is at the line who's it helping yeah like at first, for for a half second, I thought we might be doing an MVP moment with him at the 
fly. But I was like, oh no, that kind of positivity will not exist in this space. Like, ever. yeah, no, the to- toxic fandom. Um, yeah, the last, the oh, the last, my very last thing that really bugs me is that people were leaving before the very end of the game. Like when Joel Embiid hit his shot, a lot of people were were leaving, and there's 0.8 seconds left on the clock. Um, we have hit some of the greatest uh, game-winning shots ever in recent years. I mean, there's the quad shot, but there's also the OG shot in the bubble. Mm-hmm. You fucking stay. Like, I the mean, nerve to leave in that moment. It's like, at, I, I can't, like, I mean, the Raptors will never comment on this, but it has to be deflating to see the, the arena clear out mm-hmm. when you're trying to win a game. Yeah, I mean, also, it's not like they were, like, down by 30, and you're like, okay, yeah. you know, 0.8 seconds, maybe I can go beat the crowd. <laughs> yeah. But, like, like, the game was, like, a you know, a possession or whatever. Like, that's that's fun. We're down three points. There's still an opportunity. You stay. I mean, the odds aren't necessarily, like, great, but the opportunity exists. Yeah. Like, it's just, again, it's a playoff etiquette thing. Regular season, this stuff doesn't bother me as much. Mm-hmm. But the playoffs, the home court advantage is supposed to mean something. And I just felt like it didn't mean anything at all. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Well, thanks for the therapies. <laughs> I really appreciate it. I I don't know. It's like, to me, it was like, I don't know if it's because, you know, we won the championship and we gained a lot of new fans in 2019. And now just people just don't know how to act anymore like honestly well, I mean, like it just it really takes me back to i mean this ages me but whatever i age myself every episode like it, it takes me back to the very beginning of the raptors when people just didn't know how to act and i mean to be fair to this town like people don't know anything about winning what are you a leafs fan you don't know anything about winning shit <laughs> all you know is disappointment and booing your own team so I mean, I guess, but I don't know. I mean, is it just because, like, I watch other NBA teams and, and games? Like, it's just uh, the yeah. the not under like the not understanding being on time and wearing the shirts. I I just come on. Yeah. Oh, anyway, it, it just really disappointed me, and I was like, you know what? We we really are not the best fan base in the league like we're just we're really not like you don't see that in golden state no you know what i mean like they all wear the yellow they're all there on time it's always packed it's always loud like i don't know anyway okay i mean yeah it's interesting i do also think like a lot of like i think a lot of people in like let's say the people who go to jurassic park are being priced out of tickets for especially this like time of the year i do think especially in toronto like you see people get like i can't afford to go to raptors games very often and like i have a job (laughs) you know what i mean like i don't i don't like it's but like anyways it's whatever but i just think that yeah there's a lot of people there who are there for like clout or who are just there because it's like oh i got these expensive tickets that are good seats and like oh my god you know i think a lot of the fans who are like really amped who've been longtime fans like you know you're not getting good seats to the playoffs you're barely getting nosebleeds to the playoffs you know yeah no it's a great point and it's something that has frustrated me since the championship season is just how much real fans get priced out actually one of my theories and it's just a theory so you know you know 
sound off if you don't agree. But I felt in that game five finals game where Kevin Durant got injured and there were the cheers and everybody went off about how inappropriate that was. And I was like, half the people in that crowd aren't real fans. Yeah. Like literally half, at least. They are rich people who decided to take advantage of the moment to say that they're there and they don't know any better. They don't know how much it sucks for the league to not have Kevin Durant for a year. Yeah. You know, like, like they just don't get that and they don't care. And so when people were going off about like, Oh, Toronto fans, aren't this, aren't that. It's like, those aren't the fans that that's my opinion. I'm like, those people aren't the fans because I was in a bar and everybody who cheered around me, was a bandwagon person who doesn't regularly watch basketball. Yeah. And then they turned around to look at me being like, why are you so upset? And I'm like, cause it's Kevin Durant. And I want to beat yeah. this team with Kevin Durant Yeah, because I don't want this asterisk. I don't want this narrative. I don't want this bullshit to follow us afterwards. Yeah. Exactly. Like it did. I can see it immediately. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to beat this team with him on the court. That's why. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, and, and now it's like, that's kind of carried over into now. Where yeah. you still see that like the majority or maybe not majority. It's like you're not going to have the numbers on something like that. But a good percentage of the people who there aren't the real fans. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that just I mean, that championship is like a blessing, obviously. But it has those sort of like curse aspects to it that you're just going to get, you know, more visibility and things are going to get more expensive so, you know, maybe we'll go on a several years losing streak and we'll be back. Things will be cheap again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hate to be that person to be like, oh, let's make this affordable again. But uh, I mean, make it affordable true. again. Look, like when it when it's easier to cross the, the border, going to Detroit to see a game is a lot of fun. Yeah. And yeah, it's no, really and it's in. really not expensive at all. And like I did it once on like a Sunday game, so I could drive there and drive back like same day. Like I didn't have to stay yeah. anywhere overnight. Totally worth it. Yeah, highly recommend. Uh, that was pre-pandemic, just FYI. Okay, so let's move on and talk a little bit about this actual series and this game i really don't want to talk about game one and game two it's like too traumatizing but uh if you have anything to to say about those two games like obviously we'll feel like we can get into it i mean there were just like a few like mistake slash adjustment things that i saw in games three that i'd like to see changed for game four not that i think we're winning the series at this point but just one uh, game that's all that's all one game would be really nice um lauren like or you know, let's just touch base emotionally with you because I've gone on quite the tangent here. How have you been feeling over these last three games? What would you like to see differently? Let's let's start there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's not... I wasn't fully sure that we were going to win this series. I'm optimistically like, was like wraps in seven, maybe, if Harden plays like shit and if... The, you know, Joel Embiid can win one game on his own, but can he win four games on his own? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're hot, that's like, you can, you've already seen it in the regular season. If we are hooping, if Gary's having a night, if Pascal's being like undefendable, basically, then, you know, we're doing great. <laughs> uh, but it's, I mean, shit, sometimes you lose in basketball. I did like, obviously, 
Phil Jackson problematic person and personality. Yeah. But um, I always think about, if you've ever read his book, 11 Rings, I always think about him being like, well, the other team's going to score. You know what I mean? Like, you're never going to have a basketball game where, like, the score is, like, 80-0. So you kind of just have to keep that. Like, someone's got to win and someone's got to lose, basically, right? The sort of, like, Buddhist, like, non-attachment kind of situation. Right. But obviously... Obviously, I want our boys to win. What I really wanted was for Scotty to get a full series of playoff experience. Yeah. I don't like, even if we weren't going to go to the next series or whatever, I just wanted Scotty to have that. And it sucks that he was out like before the first, for halftime in game one. Like, that's shit. But I think that, like, you know, I heard Fred be like, he was just saying after the first game, he was like, well, we all got playoff experience now. So, you know what I mean? And I was like, that's literally it, right? Like, a lot of these are young kids, like guys who've never been to the playoffs. This is a first time experience for them. Yeah, it's like for Scotty, for Precious. Yeah. It's exciting for like, even like, you know, actually, I don't know if Armani Brooks has ever been to the playoffs before. I'm assuming he hasn't. But, like, there's just a lot of, like, young guys, like, Champagne. Like, some of them, I'm sure, are just, like, happy to be here. Yeah, um, same with at all. Yeah. yeah. So I think that, like, in that sense, it's whatever. I'm happy they're all getting some a good experience, whatever. I just think, you know, we pride ourselves on being a defensive team, the defense has been like gleams of gorgeousness and then kind of, butt also, um, and it just needs to be like consistently really nice against someone like Embiid. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and it listen- doesn't help that our good, our good bitch Tyrese Maxey has just been <laughs> hot for three games. I I love him. I think he's so good. I'm like, play for, Tr- come play for Toronto. What are you doing? Come play for us. He's well, <laughs> he was in a lot of uh, Kyle Lowry trade talks that we yeah. couldn't get done. So, I mean, Masai had his eye on him and we're seeing why. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the Tyrese Maxey thing is really interesting. Like, I think, you know, he's really emerged as the second option on this yeah. team you know, before Harden. And I don't think a lot of people saw that coming, but like, that's absolutely what's happened to this team. And I think that's like not a phase. Like, I think that's going to be how they operate going forward, that he will be their second option. And James Harden is who he is. And uh, I don't know if it's because he's like lazy, but he seems to be very okay with it. You know what I mean? Like he seems to be very okay with being a third option. Uh, on this team and I guess he kind of technically was on Brooklyn for like the 10 games or whatever he actually got to play with Kyrie but anyway I mean that's a whole thing I didn't see Tyrese Maxey popping off the way he has and I, I was picking did. <laughs> I, I I was picking Raptors in seven but a part of that pick like it kind of alludes to what you're saying earlier was also banking on the idea that this team was going to continue to fall apart as they had at the end of the regular season. Mm-hmm. But I mean, give them credit. They found they found themselves in that week off. You know, I don't know what retreat Doc Rivers took to do <laughs> or like, you know, what sweat lodge. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know where they went or what they did, but they really figured that out. They really found themselves and had this team 
been like this at the end of the regular season, I would have been so much more worried about them. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think yeah. Embiid would have a stronger uh, MVP case than he does now. Yeah. I think so as well. And I think that just like also the Raptors were like really hot. And then I think they've been kind of like, flattening out like you haven't seen i mean when the last game that we played against philly in the regular season we won and like did did gary not score like almost 40 points that night like gary had a hell of a game that night you know what i mean and gary's been you could tell he was not he was not well i was like oh my man are you did you spend the entire halftime like barfing and shitting yourself (laughs) like you did not look good and that having him in game two but then also nick nurse using his challenge to save him from foul trouble in game two was really frustrating because he did he played like 10 minutes he couldn't he couldn't play and and then after i saw nick be like we should have even played him yeah yeah yeah, that was was so clear (laughs) he didn't admit to like not using his challenge but he was like we shouldn't have played him at all so i mean those two basically go hand in hand so yeah i mean also too like there's something about the schedule because we had game three last night and every other team in the league, if they have a game three, it's starting today. So the schedule for whatever reason got kind of crunched in together. And it's like, think about how significant it would have been for our team. If game two was yesterday, like it was for Milwaukee, Chicago and Brooklyn, Boston, like, that would have been huge. We would have had a healthy Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. Right? We wouldn't have had to go through that in game two. I mean, Scotty would have still been out. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it really changes things if we had that time. So, yeah. the schedule, for whatever reason, didn't work to our favor. I mean, the only things I can really say about, like, game four that I'd like to see differently. And this is good. I promise this isn't slander but it might come across as slander is um, I really didn't understand why Ken Birch was starting game three. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, we came out in the first quarter pretty good, but then he also started in the third quarter and that was when Embiid like fully went on his run. And then midway through the third quarter, Nick calls a timeout. He brings back precious Lachua and Ken Birch doesn't play again. And it just like, it just sucks because it's like, we are really, when we have an injured player, like a Scotty, Mm -hmm. you really see the lack of depth. Mm -hmm. And I think what's been great about Malachi in this series and the brief moments he's had is like, sure, he's not like scoring or making a huge impact that way, Mm -hmm. but he is making a, a big enough defensive impact that we're not actually losing the game when he's on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we need from Kem. And I don't think we're getting it. Yeah. I was actually surprised that um, it wasn't more between like precious and Chris. Yeah. Like Boucher. Cause Chris has like such an energy, especially something about Philly that he just like pops off against. Um, mm-hmm. And he was, like, making weird shots. He was, like, making weird shots, which, like, he doesn't always do. Um, But, yeah, I think he brings, like, a different energy to the game as well. Um, Same with, like, I'm actually surprised we haven't seen more Utah minutes because I think he also brings, like, a speed and an energy to the game when he comes off the bench. Um, Even if he's, like, not hot from a scoring perspective, like, he brings a big energy 
yeah to just like the team as a whole i think yeah i mean it's just it's like having somebody out there that can buy you rest for the other players without it costing us the game like that is like it's the bare minimum you can ask of a bench player and the reason why i say like this is not slander on ken birch is because Mm -hmm. we're talking about joel Embiid here and i Mm -hmm. don't think there's a world where you can realistically expect ken birch to be a a huge force against joel Embiid, but he has to be good enough that we're not losing those minutes and so yeah Yeah, like that's where scotty not being here hurts had scotty been healthy and played the full game yesterday i think that was I think a, we went in a win for us. Yeah. But you know, this one is. Yeah. And I think too, like, you know, I I'm tired of people criticizing Pascal, but he really didn't have a good game. And okay, but he can't, I don't, like, I don't think he, he scored in the second half at all. He can't be perfect every time, you know? No, like, no, no, no. And, and so I think my guy like dragged our asses to the playoffs. He absolutely did. <laughs> And that's why I'm like, like he dragged us out of that fucking play in tournament. So he really like did. I people people want to shit on Pascal, whatever, but like you get to have one, you get to have a couple off games, man. That's what the rest of the fucking team is there for. Like they let like everyone lets Fred have a couple off games and isn't immediately like trade him. You know what I mean? I don't know what it is about Pascal that like fires people up because we pay him a lot of money or whatever. But like again, my guy dragged us out of the play in tournament like basically single-handedly so put some respect on his name like do not talk shit about fucking pascal i'm just not hearing i'm not hearing that shit yeah yeah i mean i don't know what's happened to the well i don't think this is just raptors discourse i think this is just discourse on the internet in general but that you can't like you know critique a guy's name without totally dragging him down and I don't know why that's been so impossible for people, but yeah, it, it's just frustrating. I mean, I don't know. There was something about game three that felt very final to me. Oh, hello, we have a visitor. If you're watching on YouTube, we have a cat. Um, you know, there's something about game three that felt really final to me. Mm-hmm. It would be nice to come out and win a game four just to have that one game. But I don't know. I mean, it's just they've clearly dominated us. It is what it is. It really sucks. And and I think the only new observation I could give is that even though like Fred, Pascal, OG, Boucher, like we won a championship with those guys, but their roles were significantly less for all of them. And so now I'm kind of seeing like they have to go through that like new version of their own playoff demons. Like every team has to go through every team has a phase where they struggle in the playoffs before they win it all. And so I feel like this team has to go through that all over again and we're, and we're seeing it, but that's okay. Like that's a good thing. Yeah. And I think they'll learn a lot from this. Yeah. I mean like what's surge doing? Nothing. Like we could use Surge, you know. I mean, the- imagine Surge and Gary—the sexy energy that they will be bringing to the table. <laughs> the thing the that fits the sexy the fits energy alone. The fits alone. The thing that bothers me so much about the last like year and a half of Serge Ibaka's career is I feel he's become deeply underrated. And I do think, so he, after he went to the Clippers, had a really um, bad back injury. 
Uh, I don't remember exactly how long it took him to come back, but he just wasn't the same again. He even mm-hmm. spent some time in the G League. Yeah, he that. spent time on their G League team, but he's back now. He's with the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks picked him up during the trade deadline as like a as a Brook Lopez kind of insurance policy type situation because he was injured for a while. Brook Lopez is back now. He's basically just relegated to the bench, and I mean, I get why the Raptors didn't necessarily want to pay him. Although I was really really upset about it at the time. Um, That move obviously worked out, Mm -hmm. but um, he would be great to have on our team. I think if anything, he's a great locker room guy. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a great veteran presence. Like I remember when we were down Oh two against Milwaukee. I mean, it was Serge Ibaka who rallied everyone together and yeah. said like, look, I went through this on OKC and we bounced back in one and we can too. And I mean, to this day, Nick nurse like credits Serge Ibaka for like motivating everyone and bringing everyone back together. So, I mean, yeah, I miss Serge and I'd love to see him on this team again. And if there's a world where we can pick him up for like a veteran minimum or something, like, I think yeah. that's a good pickup. Yeah, I agree. Bring Serge back. That's the Catherine and Lauren agenda. <laughs> <laughs> agenda. Let it be known. It's an agenda. It's an we agenda. Have, we have motives. <laughs> we've got a plan. We're we, getting a, a, a. We've got scarves. What's, we've, what's we've the got thing? dim sum. <laughs> I remember you did a video about his favorite dim sum place. Uh, we Roll you know, sun, the best dim sum. Yeah, we're we're here. Um, let's hope Serge. Uh, let's <laughs> hope Serge still listens to Raptors Republic. Hey, you never know. He must. Yeah, he must. Okay, let's move on and talk a little bit about the rest of the NBA playoffs. Um, I, I'm gonna do like. Who has surprised you the most so far? And aside from the Raptors, who are clearly the biggest disappointment this playoff season so far, uh, aside from the Raptors, who's your biggest disappointment? So let's start with who has surprised you the most. Um, I have a couple people, like the entirety of the New Orleans uh, Pelicans basketball organization. Yeah. Uh, that's so tight. That game, the game against the Suns the other night was like, I tuned in halfway. I was like, I had been in a show and I uh, came home and was like, what is happening in this game? Devin Booker's gone. And they're just like, <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. So like Willie Green, Ingram, shout out to all those guys. That's great. My sexy husband, uh, yeah. JV. Um. Ingram, yeah, and Tyrus Maxey. Look at what what happened there. That's so great. I know people. I know Raptors fans are mad, but like, if he was on any other team, you would be like in a like in a playoff situation, and we weren't up against them. You'd be like, that's fucking sick. Like, good for him. You know what I mean? It's cool to see people like. Uh... Oh, sorry. <laughs> showbiz baby i'm in my kitchen um yeah i think the like maxi thing is funny because again like people would be really hyped for him if he was like not playing for the sixers or if he was like on the raptors or whatever and i love when guys find their footing in the playoffs i think it's cool when like young guys make a big splash in the playoffs. Like that's really fun. Um, I'm also just enjoying like the John Morant show. That's my mm-hmm. like under, that's my pick actually in the West is, is Memphis is I would love, I know it's not going to happen, but I but just that's like, who you want. 
Yeah. I just think that would be so fucking fun. You know what I mean? Who's more fun than John Morant? No one. Literally no one. Um, I agree. He's incredible. Um, also, why does his dad look exactly like Usher? I love it. Every Did time you I'm see like, that? why is Usher here? And I'm like, it's not Usher. It's John Morant's dad. <laughs> I literally were- was like... I was like, am I, is it just because I'm stoned? Like, that I thought that was Usher. The only reason why I realized it wasn't Usher is because I heard him talk. And I was like, oh, that's not Usher. Certainly (laughs) not Usher. doesn't sound like that. Um, Yeah, that is absolutely wild. Um, Yeah, I also had the Pelicans on my list. Uh, I really thought this team was going to get swept. uh, And... And the fact that they haven't been swept is wild. I mean, the Devin Booker thing's really interesting. Uh, it came out today that he is likely to miss both games three and four. So, yeah. I mean, um, that, like, if we're being real, like, they should be able to win two games against the Pelicans without Devin Booker. Oh, like. absolutely. Like, I still think Phoenix is winning this series. It just means uh, it might it might take a little longer. Like, I don't know if the Pelicans are going to get another game or not, but kudos to them. I mean, if anything, for the Suns, it's like, what does this mean for them down the line? Yeah. Like, as the playoffs go on. That's really yeah. where you're you're going to start to wonder. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's exciting that the Pelicans have made this a series. And who knows? I But they have definitely surprised me. And, like, let's be real. They're doing this without Zion. Yeah. So, you know, if this team is doing this well and then they're going to get Zion back next year and if he can play. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, obviously the right. big if. Right. But I mean, if he can play even like a, like two thirds of a season, that's like so huge for them. So, yeah, I mean, the Pelicans have a bright future and they're definitely on my surprise list. Um, I did not think the Timberwolves were going to get a game against Memphis. No, me neither. I'm just going to be real. I, I I really didn't. So they have absolutely surprised me as well. Um, you know, I talked a little bit uh, last week about the Bradley uh, or the Patrick Beverly, like um, celebrations and chaos. And I'm still not a big fan of him, but it's exciting for, for the Timberwolves to, to be a thing. I agree. Yeah, that's fun for them. Although, again, like I'm memphis go memphis i also think uh the jordan pool thing is interesting over in, oh uh, yeah over yeah in, i mean the warriors the being warriors successful land. doesn't surprise me but jordan pool as an individual yeah absolutely i mean now yeah. it's like there's all that stuff going um online about like the splash brothers but now like his last name is pool <laughs> so it's like and he even adds more to the whole splash brother <laughs> uh scenario i mean yeah i think like um their future you know them being able to like retain him down the line is gonna be really interesting i'll say this about the warriors i started off the season in november being like we might be watching one of the greatest comebacks in sports history with this team they're Mm -hmm. really really good and at that point they hadn't even had clay thompson back yet yeah. And then and then Draymond goes down and you know it takes a while for Clay to get his footing again but you expect that. And then Steph goes down and then it's like okay, this team is still really good but it might not happen this year. But now they're back and they're healthy at the right time. Steph Curry coming off the bench. Lo- you know, incredible. Um and they're dominating at such a high level right now yeah. that 
I I mean, they could win it all. They yeah. really could. also. Uh, what's the kid's name? Kaminga. Yeah, that kid is also great. Yeah, Kaminga's great. Like they like their depth is for real. Yeah, and and I think it's and then also that last week of the final season or sorry of the regular season, the final season <laughs> that last week of the regular season clay thompson really found his shot mm-hmm. and now he's shooting like he's old clay thompson again so mm-hmm. it, it the warriors for me have become like musty tv right up there with the memphis grizzlies and like i'm really enjoying this team um and and draymond's playing like he's straight up like defensive player of the year yeah, I mean, he was obviously injured for too much of it to to get that, and it's already gone to Marcus Smart, which whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm just an anti Boston Celtics person. I'm sure he earned it. Who knows? <laughs> I try to watch as few of their games as possible, but uh, yeah, I mean, he like his the defensive effort he has put on Jokic has been so impressive. Yeah. Like I, he absolutely is the best defender in the league right now yeah um he's turning this very likely to win the mvp this season not you know into not who he was in the regular season i don't want to call him a joke haha joke or whatever but i mean yeah it's been incredible and i think like actually that leads me to my biggest disappointment which for me is the nuggets like i really thought i mean it's it's so easy now to be like oh yeah the nuggets are you know nothing without Jokic and blah 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 but I really thought this team was going to put up a bigger fight I didn't pick them to get past the first round once I knew Steph Curry was healthy before Steph Curry was healthy I was like this could be a legit first round upset but once Steph was back I knew that wasn't going to be the case Mm -hmm. but I still thought they would get like I still thought it would be Warriors and six yeah and now it's looking like a sweep yeah yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, like, I just don't think that they're going to play that. Like, it's just they can't make it work without Jamal Murray in the interim, I think. Um, like, Jokic can't do everything, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they need so him. They, yeah, they need that depth side of thing. Um, I think for me, my biggest disappointment is um, cheering for the Boston Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and actually you know what i'm a long time kevin durant stan i like think he's hot you know what i mean think okay we like but you know my celebrity like i think we could be a great couple we could be a great power couple me and kevin durant so if he's listening if he's listening call me you know um I'm also on Twitter a lot, so <laughs> I don't have any burners defending my own honor. No, but, but if you I if you respect at, it, <laughs> if you at him enough times, he'll find you. <laughs> one he of might block account. me, but um, I've I've only ever tweeted nice things about Kevin Durant. So yeah, so he won't block you. Um, but I just like I can't cheer for the Nets, you know. I yeah, just they're they're pro- they're proper villains. <laughs> Yeah, I'm They're not going to cheer for Kyrie at this point in time. So <laughs> I've been fooled before. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I've yeah, been I fooled just fooled before by Kyrie. 
Yeah. You thought the earth was flat? No, I'm just kidding. No, I mean. I'm just kidding. Who's saying it's not, Catherine? What do you, when you look out, when you, have you ever walked off the earth? Don't you think that? (laughs) Anyways. um, Yeah, I mean, Kyrie has had flashes of brilliance. He's like good looking, you know. Sometimes he says really smart shit. He's kind of like Azalea Banks, the Azalea Banks of the NBA. Sometimes you're like bars, like yes, absolutely. And other times you're like, no, 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 no. Someone cut the mic. You know what I mean? So, but I just, I can't, I can't be cheering for the Nets, even though I have a deep one-sided love affair with Kevin Durant. So I am cheering for the Celtics in this one single instance, which is really disappointing. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Um, I mean, that actually brings us to our next topic, which is about Kyrie, because he was fined uh, 50K for words and gest- words and gestures, quote unquote, uh, towards fans uh, in Boston. Uh, and then he came out and he was all like, oh, the fans shouldn't be doing that to me and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, my opinion is that it's like it's a it's like a two truths scenario. It's like Mm -hmm. a both things are true. Like, sure, like maybe they shouldn't be swearing and and taunting at you like that. But also like you're also not supposed to retaliate like both things are wrong. Yeah. You know, and also, too, like I don't appreciate that he's saying all of that, like saying like, oh, they shouldn't be saying this and that to me and pretending like he doesn't have a history with the city. Yeah. And with this franchise? I mean, I will say that, like, in defense of Kyrie, like, fuck Boston, fuck Boston media, <laughs> fuck the Boston fan base, fuck the Boston Celtics. Um, sure. I love when Kyrie plays there and they're big mad. It honestly makes me laugh so hard. Um, and honestly, like, let the players, like, give the audience the finger. If I'm at my job and someone's just standing there being like, boo, boo, you fucking suck, you know, bitch, I'd be like, yeah (laughs) so i don't know man like i think it's like it's kind of crazy to me that they just let him talk spicy about like oh i'm not getting vaccinated like you let this man spread literal public health misinformation but you're gonna let a whole shitty fan base like boo him and call him a piece of shit to his face you're gonna get mad when he gives him the finger like i don't know man like i think some of this shit is dumb like obviously fans aren't supposed to be talking spicy but they do And, like, I don't know. I think the players should have the right to, like, I think Fred should get to run around cradling his huge nuts. Yes, I agree. I I agree with you on this. I just think, like, if people are, like, screaming at you, I think it's okay to be like, okay, get fucked, man. Like, (laughs) no, I I agree with all of that. I I think um, (laughs) the thing that that makes me laugh is, like, this guy went from saging the place to just giving everyone the finger. Like I kind of love it, and then it makes them, it makes the crowd more mad, which I like. Yeah, it's like, did you even believe in the staging in the first place? You know what I mean? Like, Uh, no, I like it. (laughs) I like the whole thing. You like the Um, inconsistency of it all. I mean, I I like and I like it in that there is some entertainment value to be had out of it, and something like that is very like, you know, we're not really hurting anybody here. With stuff also, like, like that. Was any Boston fan, like, are they dead from, like, having Kyrie give them the finger? <laughs> like, I just... Yeah, I like... I, it's funny to me that everyone would act so traumatized as if 
people in Boston aren't giving each other the finger like everywhere. <laughs> Literally. It's like people like comedians, the reaction to the Will Smith thing where they're like, you like you have no idea. Someone's gonna assault me on stage. I was like, maybe someone should. Do you know how much bad fucking comedy scene where the show would have been better if someone assaulted one of the comedians for fucking talking, saying a hella racist, like crazy oh shit? Oh my like, god! I was like, Get it together. Some of you need to be punched. Like some of you need an open hand slap to the face. That's just my opinion. <laughs> And here are names. And <laughs> oh, that's a different podcast episode. <laughs> that's a different episode of a yeah, team show. Very, but... very different episode for a future Patreon that I don't have yet. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, when Catherine gets a Patreon, we'll do an episode where we name and shame every comedian <laughs> we think that should have an open hand slap to the face in the Toronto comedy scene. Which is perfect because no one will pay the $5 to find out if we can never be canceled for that (laughs) (laughs) no one will pay for the tier the patreon tier um yeah wow okay (laughs) a lot was there um yeah i mean the fine is a bit of a joke you know i mean it kills me when i think about money and nba players and how much of a quote-unquote joke like 50k is because that is like far from a joke in my life yeah. uh, and i'm sure most people listening but i mean i don't actually think that's a enough of a deterrent to to really stop it's him anyway <laughs> so it's like the whole thing is just so silly and um i hate anything that makes Kyrie look quote unquote right <laughs> it's just kind of annoying at this point um but also i mean that's another series like i did not expect brooklyn to be down to nothing at yeah, this point like i thought that series i mean it could still go to seven um but i last week on the podcast i said brooklyn and seven just to like i don't know mix it up but i was not confident in that pick and all the little things that i have that have some money behind them which is like only twenty dollars uh i did pick boston in seven um but yeah, like now it could be Boston in four, five, or six, even. So that was something I wasn't expecting. Um, a lot of people have been talking about Steve Nash as a coach. I think Steve Nash has to be the coach of that team because I don't know who else can like handle their personalities. Yeah. Like you just need somebody stronger on the coaching team to literally do all the grunt work and all the X's and O's and all the schemes. And then Steve Nash is just the one that like breaks it down to them. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, like Phil Jackson. And I think even Lenny Wilkins had these like assistants that were by their side forever. Yeah. Like, I think Phil Jackson's assistant actually created the triangle. Yeah. It's been a while since I've read. Yeah. Uh, but I'm pretty rings, sure that's the case. Like the t- Tex Winter, but it wasn't his Tex sister, Winter. But it was some guy. Tex Winter was the guy yes. that he was like mentored by, and then he hired him on at like every place he went to, like yeah. work with him. And Tex was just happy being uh, Phil Jackson's beta, and I yeah. think that's what Steve Nash needs. Yeah, as a coach, he that's what he needs. Tex Winter is very sad. He like uh, I believe he has like Alzheimer's or dementia or something oh, now. Sad. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, sorry to be a bummer. No, no, it's okay. A little life update on Tex Hunters. Um, yeah, so that's what I think Steve Nash needs as a coach because I can't think of another person on the planet who could handle all the BS that that team has to deal with, honestly. 
But yeah, Steve Nash right. seems to be handling that part of the job at least very well. Yeah, I mean, he did a whole career of that kind of shit. Literally so, a whole career yeah. of it. And that's also probably why Kevin Durant was like, he's my guy. Yeah. It's for those reasons. Yeah. Um, half these guys don't even think they need a coach. So <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole thing I too. Mean, there's times when it's debatable that they do, but anyways. <laughs> I think they always they you just you need like last, you mean like last night when Nick Nurse told Fred to not be on the ball for that inbound <laughs> pass. Maybe in that moment we did need a coach. <laughs> that was not a good moment. That was not a good moment. Um I mean we've we've reversed the segments this week, so that leaves us with our, our Nick Nurse hottie highlight. And wow, it has been a rough week for Nick Nurse. <laughs> He's not feeling it. It has been a rough week for Nick Nurse. I mean, he has made some coaching errors uh, in this series. Not that I think we're not still completely outplayed without those errors. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that little uh, inbounds pass uh, in game three, not great. Also, maybe Fred doesn't need to be on that play. Um, there's a lot of other adjustments that could have happened there. Uh, he had his moment with Joel Embiid, which, uh, would have been a little more satisfying had we actually got to win the next game. (laughs) Yep. Um, I mean, what did you think about that? I mean, Joel Embiid, quote unquote, respectfully telling Nick Nurse to, uh, stop complaining slash bitching, uh, about the ref calls. I mean, to me, I'm like, yo, that's kind of his job, though. Yeah, I mean, like, if your coach isn't, like, at the very least trying to make sure you're getting good calls, then they're not really doing it. But, I mean, like, listen, other fan bases, like, if they don't want Nick Nurse to come be the coach of their team, then they really hate him. Um, And (laughs) I think he's just, like, a he just, like, gets all red-faced when he's angry and he's like, he just has this like look about him when he's mad and yelling that like oh, yeah. he just you know people are like I don't like this man <laughs> yelling about stuff but he's our yelling guy you know and we love him so. yeah and he's the one that needs to yell at the refs uh, more than the yeah refs because are. like you can't like what you don't want is your players yelling at the refs and getting kicked out of the game yeah for talking spicy to to the refs. I mean, going back to what I was saying earlier, I was at the Pistons game where Nick Nurse got ejected. But in that game, it felt really earned to do the referee suck chant. Yeah. Like, I was very in that chant. But that game really called for it. I mean, anyway, that's a whole thing. Um, Yeah, it has not been a good week for Nick Nurse. But that was probably his biggest highlight, like getting into it with Joel Embiid. I wish, you know, that's the only Raptors coverage I saw on my like in my not Raptors specific sports coverage. Oh that I read. yeah, yeah. That's like the only thing that made it up from that series is like Nick Nurse is mad at Joel Embiid. So yeah, and Joel Embiid trash talking Nick Nurse is like kind of an interesting choice. But I guess mm-hmm. I think he holds a, a grudge against the Raptors in a way that like I. Not that I quote unquote forgot, but it was like, oh, like this is like really real for you. Yeah. I mean, he wants to win. Yeah, of course he wants to win. But I don't know. But does he does he shit talk every coach or does he shit talk our coach? I think it's literally just us, yeah. Yeah, it's our coach. (laughs) It's like that's the thing he takes personally. It's it's our coach. 
Um, yeah, who knows if they'll get into it in game four or not. I mean, it looked like it was one of those scenarios where it looked like Nick Nurse didn't have a good comeback. And he probably like plays it back in his mind, like when he's home, like, oh, I could have said this. Oh, I could have said that. Like, it feels like it's that kind of moment for him where he's thinking of all the things he wish he said to Joel Embiid in that moment. Yeah, <laughs> big time. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. Um, oh, Nikki Nurse, you'll are, be all right. <laughs> uh, did you see Drake following Joel Embiid out the tunnel? <laughs> yeah, our corny little mascot. <laughs> What a traitor. What a traitor. I mean, I should have put that in my audience segment. I mean, what a traitor to just be following Joel Embiid out the game, all smiles. When you're our ambassador and our shitty t-shirts that are not imposing in any way, say OVO on the back of them. I mean, what a joke. Uh, well, you know, Drake just likes basketball. He loves the sport of basketball. He loves other famous people. What do you want? I don't know. <laughs> it's just Drake. He's just going to do dumb shit. Remember when Philly was like, or was it the Bucks that were like, he can't be like at games. He's so distracting. It was the Bucks, wasn't it? The Bucks did that? I don't remember. Maybe. Feels like them. Yeah. And like whatever. Like was in, it 2019? Not in 2019, when they were like, he can't be here. He's like so distracting. <laughs> it reminded me of Devin Booker complaining about the Raptors. The Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I think we have to come to terms with the fact that we're annoying. <laughs> like, as a fan base, we're annoying. And not in a way the that toxic, actually the toxic triangle. <laughs> yeah, not in a way that actually helps our teams. So I think yeah, no. people like come to terms all, with that. Honestly, what I've realized from like being on Twitter is we're a horrible fan base. We are horrible. <laughs> Absolutely fucking terrible. Just garbage. So toxic. I've gone from the start of this episode from being like we're not the best fan base to being like we might be one of the worst fan bases. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I, I listen to this podcast called uh, "Greatest of All Talk," uh, which is hosted by Ben Golliver and Andrew Sharp. And Ben Golliver refers to the Raptors fan base as termites. Yeah, um... <laughs> like literally refers to us as termites. And then I called him out on it, and he's like, "No, no, I mean it in a in a in a loving way." <laughs> what um our well, friend, shout out to them our friend alex wong shout out to alex um, yes he was telling me about there's like a podcast that's like a blazers podcast where they refer to like toronto philly and miami as the toxic triangle of fandoms and they're like always so stoked when a player gets out of the toxic triangle and they were like kyle lowry almost got out but then he got traded to miami <laughs> <laughs> and i was like yo that's actually facts yeah <laughs> that is the unfor like because we shit on like the philly well i think the knicks, are, the, the knicks fans need to be a part of that and um, the knicks are their own thing though i feel like that's like a they're their new own york bermuda energy. triangle yeah they're that's like new york <laughs> within uh, within our toxic triangle they have their own even deeper triangle like the knicks hole. fan base has nothing to do with anything else it's pure new york shit like I every like Everyone but it I is know toxic. from New York is like, we don't cheer for the fucking Nets. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're yeah. like, nobody, no real New Yorker cheers for the fucking Nets. You know what I mean? You're like, 
fair and everyone outside of that is like we don't get this rivalry it's expensive everywhere (laughs) we don't get it um yeah that's a whole thing um this is just a real coming to terms with who we are This is uh, why I try to tweet positively, you know? I only tweet critically about our nation's broadcasters, Sportsnet and TSN. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to tweet too critically about, like, any NBA players, unless they're, like, being dicks or whatever. But, yeah. you know... Um, We're all just here to have fun. It's just a game, right? Speaking of our friend Alex Wong, so a few weeks on the podcast before the playoffs started, uh, Chris Myers was on the show and we were talking about how it's going to be the Doc Rivers versus Nick Nurse series if it happens. And we've got a Doc and we have a nurse and this has to become a whole thing. And also Nick Nurse is an actual doctor. He got his doctorate. So he's really? actually, yes, that's a real thing. Dr. Nurse. So he is Dr. Nurse. And they went on this whole tangent about nicknames for the team. And I was like, you've got Dr. Nurse sitting right there. you got to go for it. And then, and then he was like, oh, like, I don't know. Uh, we really need to take care of the players first. And I was like, okay. And then, and then I was like, well, what if we face Philly and it's Doc Rivers versus Dr. Nurse? (laughs) Are you not going to say anything then? And I don't think they did. I mean, okay. In all fairness to me, I've had a a very busy week and I haven't seen the last few episodes of the Raptor show, although I do try to catch most of them. So they have said something, please correct me. But I was like pretty shocked. I'm just fully calling Alex Wong out right now. Was pretty shocked that they didn't like think that was funny and run with it. Catherine, how many times do I have to tell you that men are not funny? (laughs) If I... (laughs) If I'm sharing one item on this show that I feel I need people to take away, it's that men are not funny. Your strongest opinion of all of them. They're, they just don't get jokes. It's not their fault. It's just they're just genetically inferior that way. <laughs> Science. Uh, I love that. I'm going to r- run away with that answer because it's the most clear answer uh, I could think of. Answer. It's the most clear and correct <laughs> answer. Uh, we'll never get a better answer to that, but I mean, you know, Doctor Nurse, it's where it's at. Um, it's funny. It, thank Nurse you. Is funny to me. Thank you. It is funny. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll hear in the comments from uh, the bed listening to this podcast how they feel about that. Uh, Send them to me. You know, <laughs> no, I'll just fine. ignore them. It's fine, and just tweet out more positivity. Yeah. <laughs> we're covered we're good um lauren we've come to the end of it of an episode what a journey what a therapy session this has been um but we needed it we got through it um you know happy game four raptors fans uh hope we you know let's just take you know if we lose that game let's just celebrate a great season where we exceeded expectations and we know we have a bright future um lauren thanks regular season that's great yeah um thanks so much for joining me uh let us know what are what are you up to and where can people find you on the internets uh 
Um, you can find me on Twitter at Internet Lauren, tweeting my random basketball thoughts into the abyss. Um, if you want, if you're in Toronto, you can come see. Uh, we do a monthly show at the Garrison, a comedy show um, where, yes, sometimes there are men there. There's always a man there. My co-host is a man. Um, it's usually like the second Monday. Our, our nine-year anniversary show is coming Woo. up on May 9th. So if you want to come to that, it's going to be super fun. Um, but yeah, that's really it. Awesome. Sometimes on this podcast, you can find me as well. And sometimes you here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at it's me underscore Catherine, spelled C-A-T-H-R-Y-N. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll catch you again next week. Bye. Bye.